also Blasphemous 2's out. And oh my god, yeah. Blasphemous 1 was so good. I need to replay it because I fucked up a few things and I accidentally killed somebody I don't think I was supposed to kill. Yeah, we also had the problems recently. Whoops. Someone in the Discord shared a Darkest Dungeon meme and I'm like, fuck, now I need to restart Darkest that. God so damn it. Darkest I need to start Dungeon 2's out too. It is. Yeah, I'm just like, god damn it, I need to go through Darkest Dungeon again. Fuck. Darkest Dungeon is Darkest my Dungeon. Dark Souls. Yeah. I'm <laughs> it's still, so fucking hard. It's so good. I'm still trapped in the Alan Wake hole. Of that just opened. Well, no, I've been in there for at least a year because uh, since they announced Alan Wake 2 was coming out, I went mm-hmm. back and played Max Payne, Max Payne 2, Alan Wake, uh, Quantum Breakdown, and Control. That makes sense. Because they're all in the same universe. That makes sense of. that you would do that. I'm ready. Did you play them in um, correct timeline order? As correct of a timeline as you can get out of that, yes. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Because no. technically... Max Payne is a book written by Alan Wake that exists in the Alan Wake universe as fictional. Mm. But because it's kind of got a mouth in the mouth of madness uh, mm-hmm. plot to it, Max Payne might also be real okay. because he wrote it. Right. So, so uh... that's spoiler. So, so I'll probably have to edit all of this out. No, no, no. Just ble- no, just bleep yeah, that like, last part. Just better. bleep yeah. it like we swore. Okay. Because you kind of did. Hi, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a Vampire the Masquerade, V5, Tabletop, and Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, and as always, I'm joined by... I very much like your uh, gesticulation there. Mm-hmm. I'm this very gestular. Yeah, you, for, that's you a lot get, of effort for this audio medium. You do get gestilical. Well, it helps you keep what? the rhythm of what you're saying. Gesticular cats? Yes. Okay. I saw a meme not too long ago that was like, to all you wizards that cast testicular torsion and think you're hard, mend butt crack. <laughs> and who are you? <laughs> huh? Oh, I'm John. <laughs> and I'm Sarah. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I just think mend butt crack is like the worst ever. Uh, it's oh not good. Oh my God, what are you going to do? I think Steve-O did that to himself once. Oh my God, a staple gun? Right. Yeah, I think. Well, no, there's well, one where, no, there's one where they went to an actual piercing artist and he pierced his butt cheeks together. Oh, like a corset <laughs> piercing? Or yeah. was it like ladder? It was like ladder cheek to cheek. Uh, yeah. That he pierced like... it closed. It was... Doesn't sound like a good time. I mean, oh, it Steve-O. is art, but... Uh... We're not talking about the Zamitsi today. No, though. we are not. Uh, that would Ooh. be a t- that would be a terrible thing to do as a Zamitsi. Be a jackass guy. Just no, just smooth the butt crack. Mm. Your smooth butt. Like no, no, leave the butt round. Just like erase the crack. Yeah, it's a smooth. It's, it's still a smooth butt. That's fair. No That's crack. fair. Uh, we're supposed to be talking about humanity, hey guys. And smoothing someone's butt crack is not humane. No, it is not. (laughs) It is, no. No. Especially because we're talking about how humanity works and how to reclaim a character's humanity. That's That's not how you do it. That's not it. We're trying to to balance out all of the... uh, uh, the the fuckery that was the Diablo episode by trying to have like a lighter note, a happier note, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I could kind see of. this going one of two ways. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing it, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I I I slowly just want to be a potent a portent of uh, doom and bad news. Uh, I want to be the world of darkness, Robert Evans, where you like think it's going to be a silly time. And then I'm just like, hi, guys, you want to talk about the Rwanda genocide? And everyone's like, Sarah, no! stop it. That's not how you regain your humanity, by the way. <laughs> Talking about it, yes. Could be. Talking it's... about it, yes. I just Doing meant the that? Rwanda genocide no, in general. No, no, that's, no, that's bad. That's how you do it. So. so speaking of which, there's a bit of a content warning. Yeah, it's not, it's not as heavy, thankfully, as the previous. There's only three things on this list. So it's just... 
morality, reparative justice, and forgiveness if you're not in a headspace of talking about uh, people doing bad things and trying to become better people, and you don't want to fuck with that, uh, different episode. Seems like that's a discussion that just never goes away in our modern times. Ever, yeah. Just, uh, what is what is the weight of a human soul? That kind of thing, you know. Uh, so, uh, sources kept it pretty light. It is core book, the player's guide, and then some information from Wisecrack, Big Think, and the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Yeah! Woo-hoo. So, uh, what is humanity? Uh, the game explicitly states that what makes a vampire character more or less human is their connections and relationships. So uh, the book will state, uh, humanity measures how close a vampire is to their human life, to specific people that draw them towards life and light, and to human concerns generally. That's literally lifted from the humanity section in the core book, and that'll be on page 236 for those who want it. And to further kind of embed this in the mechanics of the game uh convictions you know that the you know that moral code that you pick with your character during character creation uh each of those convictions are supposed to be tied in with a mortal touchstone and that relationship does give your character benefits like the ability to heal willpower damage and risks such as stains of potential frenzy risks if things happen to your touchstone yeah so pretty explicit that is the framework and the lens that the game is looking at what makes a character more humane or not is if they have people that they care for or have relationships with that are people yeah it's almost like having friends is a good thing uh kind of but it's a vampire so those things are hard to maintain especially the older you get Mm -hmm. um i know You'll, if you're not sure too much about this character, you'll learn a lot about them soon, almost guaranteed. But some people were talking about uh, Theo Bell mm-hmm. in the server. And uh, one thing I thought that was really interesting of note of him, even though he's like super old, he explicitly still keeps up with like his family line mm-hmm. and will like go and like sometimes talk with them and like watch over and protect them and interfere if he has to like save them that kind of thing and because he's still in touch with his family line he's maybe one of the most humane like elders in the camp maria and now in the anarchs Mm -hmm. because he actually goes out of his way to maintain some semblance of like the touchstones that are his family line Mm -hmm. that's sick which is pretty dope uh basically because of that that is the uh framework about the kind of stories and games are going to be told with vtm just in general because it's a major mechanical per- portion of the game mm-hmm. is, well, you have these characters that you're attached to that you're supposed to take care of, which is why we're going to talk about care ethics just a little bit. Just just a little smidgy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm bringing a tiny, a tiny philosophy nugget to you, and I apologize. Boop, 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 boop. How dare you? I know. Mm, that I, needs to be a sound clip. <laughs> just how dare you? How dare you? I do have this one though. What? How dare you? Perfect. <laughs> Hunter with the soundboard is becoming too oh, powerful. Oh no! <laughs> I feel like the soundboard's cycling back because we fucked with it early on, and we're just like, okay, we got to stop because I, the joke's dead. I completely forgot about it, honestly, for like two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and now you're just like, oh, I've become powerful again. <laughs> Right on. So care ethics, uh, to boil that down, is a philosophy that seeks to maintain relationships by contextualizing and promoting the well-being and care of uh, Let me take that again, Hunter. I'm so sorry. 
Care ethics seeks to maintain relationships by contextualizing and promoting the well-being of caregivers and care receivers in a network of social relationships. Boop, boop, boop. That's the brass tacks of it. Uh, this is a school of thought that generally rejects universal ideals on judgments and behaviors focusing on the context within relationships. That makes sense. So instead of having the big overarching, like, this is what good is. If everyone does good, this thing, you are inherently good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I understand this is good, but there's also, you know, things to consider and things that affects others and blah, blah, blah. The goal of this is often to promote respect, empathy, and attention to the needs of others. So generally seen as a positive. Yeah. It, it goes along with the idea that morality is subjective and not mm-hmm. objective. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I feel like a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. And that was also like a big uh, issue when these uh, principles were being put out in the 70s, because this was also tied with a lot of uh, the feminist movement. Uh, in that time period because uh, you're going into a subjective space and for a lot of uh, women thinkers at the time they were pointing out like hey a lot of women are socialized to consider when they're making decisions about how their decisions are going to affect everyone around them so therefore they literally cannot exist in this objective world and so therefore they're just completely shattering the paradigm of just how uh, justice and da 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 is discussed in like philosophical schools, which at the time was super radical, was, oh, should I have to care about people next to me and in the wider community instead of just myself and my relationship with God or the universe or however Mm -hmm. I want to look at these things. So there's a lot of lectures you can find about that online if you want to. I listen to a lot of that shit. It's cool, but eh, we're not going to get into that because it's a lot of... uh, A lot. It's a lot. It it gets really heady very quickly. It's one of those (laughs) what we call rabbit holes. Yeah, and it's one of those rabbit holes that kind of boils down to a lot of, like, things you should have learned in fucking kindergarten, Mm. but, you know, sometimes when you get into academic spaces, you have forgotten your kindergarten lessons, and then when someone brings up the kindergarten lesson, they just go, that's such a a wild idea, and I'm like, it's sharing, motherfucker, it's not that deep, (laughs) calm down, um... But the, uh, the the quote I pulled on this one uh, video that I thought was interesting was, instead of whose right took precedent, the question was, what is the responsible thing to do when you find yourself in a situation of relationship where there seems to be no way of acting that will not cause hurt? Which I think is an interesting like moral quandary or uh, plot you can kind of set up for a vampire game. Because oftentimes, no matter what choice you're making in the context of the game... Somebody is taking collateral damage, like something's going to get fucked. There's no perfect or clean or correct quote unquote answer. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, World of Darkness games tend to not follow the, oh, well, if I follow the Bethesda dialogue tree and hit all these correct buttons, I will win the game. Right. And I'm like, that's generally not how these narratives work. So I think having that as a framework for thought for how you're characters are going to interact and how the storyteller is going to be presenting things to you is something to consider. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to say here and moralize about, like, if you do these things, you're bad. And if you're doing these things, you're good. Because, like, that's kind of the whole point of the game is for you to decide what's good and bad within the context of your narrative. Right. <sighs> so. <laughs> Which I know is saying a lot, considering the last episode <laughs> where I was like, guys, Diablery's bad. It is bad. That's but bad. That's one of the few words, like, I can't find a context where that is not bad. Yeah. Not not bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, eh. But, uh, continuing on. 
But yes, uh, choices can't be made not just in the context of the big brain moral principle, but how they affect those that someone cares about and the responsibility they owe to a wider community. Um, in that same video I got the quote from, there, she brought up an interesting phenomenon that was happening because it was during the Vietnam. Mm. And a lot of her students uh, that were men were uh, draft dodging. And they had, you know, the big universal reasons of like war is not just and, you know, the, sp the state shouldn't have the power to do these things. But they were also holding up these like equally important to them uh, relationship concerns where they're like, hey, I have family I got to support. Uh, I have a wife. I have a girlfriend. I have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. You know, if I I don't think I have the right to go and destroy somebody else's community when like my community at home is not being taken care of, that kind of shit. Right. But because, you know, the 70s. Uh, these guys couldn't find the language to articulate that thought because caring about other people apparently makes you a woman. Yeah, you're weak. <laughs> yeah. So the, she had to go through this whole thing of all of the class sitting down and reading Camus' The Plague, hmm. which is like a novel slash thought experiment about uh, if you're in a town and a plague hits... Not that we all have any idea about that, but... This, this episode's not going to get heavy, don't worry. Not at guys. all. It's not that heavy, but if, yeah, if you're in a town and there's a plague, you didn't cause the plague, you're not causing the harm, but like what level of responsibility do you owe the people in your house, your neighborhood, the wider community, and like where does that fall for everybody and mm -hmm. those kinds of thoughts experiments. So I thought that was interesting and things that I was just like, oh, this kind of uh, parallels onto a lot of plots for like vampire games, I thought, because there's, you know, the city is running great and then... The Sabbat shows up. Like, how much responsibility does your character have to defend the city? Like, right. the, the city as a whole? Just the parts the Camarilla runs? Like, just the Elysium? Like, just your Coterie's bullshit? Uh, kind of deciding where those lines of acceptability are is kind of something I think might be worth... It's neat. ...discussing and thinking about. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, thing within care ethics that I thought was an interesting question was, does humanity deserve to be saved at all? And even if they don't, should we save them anyways? Which comes from uh, the philosophy of Wonder Woman from the Wisecrack channel, which I loved this video because it came around when the first Wonder Woman movie dropped with Gal Gadot. Fuck her. But because <laughs> um, I really enjoyed that film because uh, I caught the point of the plot uh, the point of the plot is literally this question is even if humanity is not worth saving, should you try anyways? Mm. That's and like the plot of werewolf. That's the plot of werewolf. And I feel like that can also like drop onto vampire very easily. Like even if you, uh, cause a lot You're of doomed to eventually <laughs> lose your humanity. humanity. Like why bother? So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, do you owe the humans like care and concern about them based on their actions, their need, or the benefit to the wider community. And on the flip side, for the other people in the vampire community, it's like, you know for a fact that they are all scumfuck monsters and they're all going to become terrible. Mm -hmm. Are they worth saving? Right. And even if not, shouldn't you try anyway? Yeah, exactly. Which I have like, those can be really interesting games and stories, but you know, you've, you don't have to get that heavy in the plot. <laughs> I love that shit. I understand some people are just like, man, I just want to run a casino. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine but you know you could have some fun story things just being like okay well the, if the casino is providing a bunch of jobs in the community does that outweigh uh the way you're setting up the the gambling to uh take advantage of people's like addiction issues or you know vice versa and mm -hmm. tons of stuff you can fuck with so those are some morality things that um I think tie in really well with just the way that the game has mechanically set up 
how humanity is in the context of the narrative. Um, I forgot to make a note about this and I'm just remembering it. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'd seen on TikTok and I feel really bad. I cannot remember the creator's name, an idea of a session zero thing where while you're doing lines and veils, you also set up like a rough tracker of morality for your game. Mm. So, so it doesn't directly parallel the one that I don't can't remember. I know like in older editions, there mm -hmm. were specific crimes that were tied to each level of. Yeah. There was kind of like a rough guideline of like, yeah, here, here's the scale zero, like zero to 10 for humanity of like actions that can happen in their weight mm -hmm. and where that would affect. So this is like a four step like tier where there's actions that are usual are uh, universally bad. There's no reason you can you can ever do them and get away with them. This is always like, no, no. And generally, these are things that are on lines of like, this will never show up in the game because mm. this is like super fucked up. Right. Uh, and then there's options that are bad and can only be done in the most extreme circumstances. Actions that are bad, but can be justified, kind of sit in a gray area. And then actions that are bad, but like nobody really gives a shit. Mm -hmm. so, and that's going to be different for every table. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of like a good way to like calibrate the tone of your game. Right. In regards to like the morality of it, because one person's grim dark is not another person's grim dark. Right. Yeah, so. so when you say not going to show up, is that like the players aren't going to do it, or just is that like another? That's like, like going to be behind the scenes. That's going to be like the lines and veils kind of thing. Yeah. So you wouldn't say like, oh, there's no reason we should ever do this, but then a villain could do it. It's not even like that. It's more like we don't want this at all. Or is yeah, it... it's like even if the villain does it, it's like even other villains are like, bro, what the fuck? So uh, going to put Diablo back on the table. So yeah. Diablo, I think, would fit in that first category of like, this is universally bad. Nobody should do it. Even the bad guys, even the baddest of bad guys think this is a bad idea. Uh, or even them are just like, that's a little spicy to fuck. Yeah. That kind of a thing. Did and then you really kind of do that. Ted? Did you really? Mm. I feel like it also depends on the story you're trying to run for that one. Because mm -hmm. if you're like trying to run like the beckoning, like we've talked about, and like yeah. some of the older people having to start chomping down on their kids to stay where they're at, like mm -hmm. that's even if they're not doing it like on camera, so to speak. Yeah. Like that... those things are going to, that's going to happen in the game. Yeah. That would definitely be a, you know, it could come up as a plot point, but it's definitely a kick the dog moment that happens behind the curtain. And then everybody's like, oh, that's fucked up. I cannot believe that uh, Elena is doing this terrible crime. That's awful. I can. I know. You're like, I, I know mom can do that. <laughs> I've watched her. It's awful. <laughs> so I'll have to dig up that TikTok. I know I had saved it. I thought it was a good, like, quick little thing you could just write out on a piece of paper and just be like, all right, guys. Here's the worst things that we can think of that should like, even the bad guys are like, no. And right. then we can kind of scale it to like things that the bad guys will do and think is cool. But everybody else is like, what the fuck? And then there's the line that is kind of where the anti-heroes sit, where they're just like, I'm doing things for justice. I know I'm using dirty tactics. And then there's things where it's like, eh, it's technically breaking the law, but like no one's, no one's really going to be like, like Robin Hood right. kind could, of things. It could even... It's vampire. It could even be that first thought is like killing people. Yeah. Because it's like some just have to do that to drink in general. Like mm -hmm. it's something pe that happens. Like, are you not going to, you're really going to double think killing another vampire who's threatening you? Like, yeah, like it, it's a tabletop playing game. So like, you'll just have to figure out where that is. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, embezzling money and then there's embezzling money from the, the children's fund, you know? Right. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so there's that. So actually getting into the game. So there's that humanity tracker, right? I don't know where it is on everybody's sheets because there's been some cool custom sheets and people just move this fucker around, but it's like 10 boxes, says humanity. Yeah. Can't miss it. Can't, usually can't miss it. Uh, you got 10 empty boxes. Most characters start at uh, seven. So you fill in seven of those fuckers. There are things that will cause you to fill in uh, more. more or less. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, I don't care which side of the tracker you fill in first. If you're going left to right, right to left, it doesn't matter. But you have to leave a corner with empty boxes. It is important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the effects of this. Uh, do one of you guys want to read the quote? I'll do it. Yeah. <clears throat> I gotta get that throat spray. Keep that shit away from me. <laughs> Most vampires lose humanity as they age, and as the alien beast within them gnaws away at their sentiments, their memories, and their connections to the daylight world. It's from the core book. Yeah. 236. So people that are like, I want to play an old character. I'm going to play an Ancella. Yeah, you're just losing humanity just out the gate. That's just you starting at six. Yeah. Uh, there are predator types that can also affect this. So if you're playing Alicat, Blood Leech, Montero, or Pursuer... What's the Montero one? Uh, that's when you hunt people for sport like foxes. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you get a negative one to humanity character creation. If you're playing a Consensualist, a Farmer, or a Grim Reaper as your predator type, you get a plus one at start. Because you decide to eat from dead bodies instead of people. Grim Reaper is the one where you're uh, doing that angel of death thing where you're just oh. like, oh, I see you're suffering. Maybe I can make it feel a little nicer on the way out. Because right. holy fuck. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> That one questionable. I think's a little questionable. I might, as your storyteller, be like, "Hey, how are you playing this?" Because depending on how you're playing this, I am not giving that to you. I'll give you something else, absolutely. But fuck no. Uh, I love the movie, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. It was very controversial. It was the sequel to The Shining, um, that came out. Uh, oh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. There's kind of a plot line going on within that movie of the similar thing, and. Mm-hmm. It, if you've seen that movie, that's a good way to do that the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm shocked that uh, Cleaver did not end up on the negative one, Humanity, because that's mm-hmm. the one where you're like kind of grooming your family to feed on them. Or yeah. a family. Or a family. Yeah, it's a little squicky, but uh, that's a, if you as a storyteller and the player want to talk about that, cool. There's I some... like the idea of having a Grim Reaper who also has Hopeless Addict because so many of the people he's like, you know, feeding off of like terminally ill people and a lot of those people are on like pain meds and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he's just used to being on like morphine. You could get the addiction thing where your drug is morphine for that so you get a plus one to roll if you right? really want to cheese it. Yeah. <laughs> Rude. Uh, <laughs> The core book does suggest that newly embraced people or very moral characters may start the game at humanity age, but that is a storyteller player character discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I that yeah, it's kind of it's weirdly just kind of vibes, right? <laughs> so you know, eh, talk to yourselves, you're adults. Uh, I feel like it's from what I've seen, mm-hmm. it is so hard to maintain a humanity of eight. Mm-hmm. that that's kind of a, if they're not willing to play into that anyway, they're going down to seven. Mm-hmm. So you might as, as an ST, I'd be like, sure, try it. You might, it, you might be on a highway to some stains, but. <laughs> Depends on the character and the game you're playing and the convictions and Chronicle Tenants. And... Cause I've successfully played humanity eight characters and kept the humanity for an extraordinary amount of time. I was a pain in the ass, but I did. So. <laughs> It's doable if that's something you care about and or want to explore. When we uh, were playing that 
multi-group in the same city mm-hmm. game. I know one of the other characters mm-hmm. started at eight. And yep. I think she slipped to seven and was like, my life is falling apart. Yeah, she had a conviction as about a Hakeem and uh, went after a person because they jaywalked. <laughs> oh, yeah. And followed him to an alleyway and then killed him and then had a mental breakdown because she didn't mean to go that far with it. <laughs> and then everybody else is like, they're there. It's okay. And they're just like, we're just going to quietly pick this corpse up and put him in the trunk of a car and keep it so she doesn't see. Because <laughs> she's having, she's just like, I'm covered in his blood and I'm so bad. I'm the bad one. We're all, the, everybody in the group's just like, yeah, for jaywalking? For jaywalking. <laughs> really? That was what did it? Okay. <laughs> I wasn't there for it tangentially, but I think our half of the game was just been like and <laughs> yeah yeah we were definitely the less humane group in that yeah two coterie yeah spread. i i enjoyed that the i enjoyed running a game with two separate coteries but happening simultaneously it was very entertaining mm-hmm. <laughs> covid was a wild time the <laughs> yep. lock-ins holy i would shit. love to do that again someday but hell yeah oh uh, i also have another quote who wants to go that or should i do it my eyes are being rubbed hold on where is it here we are. Uh, yeah. That's a long ass quote. You get stuck with these long ass quotes. That's why I ask. <clears throat> spray? No spray. If I can use it, if you hand it to me. All right, Hunter had to get one in for himself real quick. Does it still taste bad? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see John's face because of the pop filter, but I just saw the forehead wrinkle and vein pop in the middle of his forehead as he's processing this flavor. Yeah, the flavor is very <laughs> vascular to him. <laughs> All right. Note that since they have no beast, high humanity mortals don't enjoy the same systematic benefits that high humanity vampires do. Rather, mortal, mortals with high humanity score often feel more compelled to maintain that value for its own sake, or because they feel a higher calling. Players portraying mortals with high humanity scores obviously want to deal with those stories about temptation, redemption, or other themes associated with maintaining an, a high degree of ethics and compassion. That one there is from the PG Player's Guide, PG page 151. Yeah. So uh, that is in like storyteller options. So uh, if you're having players that are like, I'm going to play mortals or ghouls because they're fucking masochists like me. Uh, you could do that. There's info about that in the player's guide and the V5 companion. That's free. But uh, I think that's also something that might be good information to keep a note also for high humidity vampires. Because it's like, I understand that there's the fun of like, oh, I get to do all these extra cool goody things because I have the high humanity. But that also comes with some implications and uh, the things that are mechanically going to happen. So, you know, just if somebody wants to do that, make sure that that's something they actually want to do and that they're not going to get really upsetty spaghetti when they fuck up and then they lose their cool things and they're just upset Mm -hmm. out of character as well as in character. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm not saying I've had that happen before with players that I've run games in or anything. Where they get super excited about their, like, uh, I'm a special good person and I get all these abilities. And then they lose them due to their actions having consequences and then they're mad at me about it. I know it's kind of different at every mm-hmm. table. But on that, I've always wondered, like, how well known is it to vampires that their behavior um, ties into their ability to, like, eat food or that kind of thing? Because... Yeah. 
like say you had the villain just sees you like sitting eating like a kebab and is just like oh they're a little fucking wimp <laughs> well there's that's also not the flex you think wimp. it is well there there is the fact that there are uh vampires who work really hard to try and like maintain their humanity because it allows them to interact more easily with mortals gesturing at the Toreador. Yeah. So a lot of them might just end up having higher humanity scores because of that shit. And people who are more newly embraced can and tend to have higher humanity scores. So they might still have these ties in with their humanity that other vampires who are lower on the spectrum probably are going to look down on being like, ah, he's either a baby bat who has no idea what the fuck he's doing or he's a pussy. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was getting yeah. at. But my question, I guess, would be is, is it one of the things where, like, many of you start with the ability to do it, but we all lose it over time mm-hmm. and don't give another thought? And it could be a character-character basis. Or is it kind of a known thing that, like, the more you give into the beast, the less yeah. you're going to be able to, like, is that kind yes. of just, like, a well-known mm-hmm. fact that, that, if yeah, you're in the know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would say if you're very young and you don't interact with vampires very much and you just don't know these things but it's fairly well known that yeah the the more you give into your beast and become this kind of like alien weird walking corpsey thing the more problems you're gonna have mm-hmm. or different problems uh so yeah that's that that's also another reason to just try and maintain your connections with humanity it's just the survivability because you know it makes it harder for you to interact with mortals and feed on them if they don't want to come near you because the vibes are bad yeah so makes it tough yeah so even if you're not somebody who's like i want to be a good person you're just like look i have to deal with these fucking dumb fucks just enough so that i can get the juice that i want so sure tell me tell me about your pokemon <laughs> like and they just slowly just grumbly are like okay raichu is kind of cool <laughs> i really relate to haunter <laughs> me too sitting we in got- an old crypt in some like Quit sending me Zubats. This feels kind of racist now. I like Hunter because we almost have the same name. You guys yeah. do almost. Have, you kind of have the same shape. Yeah, I'm pointy. Yeah, you're pointy and just a lot of shoulder. Lots of arms. Yeah. Or, I mean, no arms. Sorry, no, I... you don't have any arms. You're kind of like Rayman. Your hands I thought you said fl- Rain Man for a second. <laughs> I was really confused. No! Ray. You're not Man. that good at math. <laughs> 20 minutes to Wapner. God. So, swap, swap, Wapner. In the humanity sections between pages 236 and 239, there's a whole chart that explains all the various like benefits and minuses to what humanity does. I'm not going to get into that explicitly, but some of the things this does affect is your visual appearance. Appearance. How much of a corpse do you look like? Oh, okay. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, because if you're really high humanity, like you don't even need a blush of life anymore. You just like look either totally fine or you like kind of look like do you have a cold like are you good um and then there's you can get uh re-rolls on blush of life so it costs you less blood to do it all the way down to it becomes a problem and you just look dead yeah and it, yeah it gets it gets no good and yeah how blush of life works you can get re-rolls or you know you have to spend more blood to do a blush of life that kind of thing your ability to taste, eat, and digest foods is affected. So digest is the one that got me there. So that means with a, a vampire with high enough humanity can mm-hmm. eat and then will actually poop too. Yes. <laughs> what do you think it's like 
If you haven't taken a shit or digested food in like a hundred years, and then you've been like working on being a better person for mm -hmm. a long ass time, and then one day like you're blending in with your friends, and so you're eating, expecting that you're gonna have to throw it up when you go to bed in the uh, in the morning, mm -hmm. um, but you don't. Then you wake up and you're like, I got a shit. And you're like, what my stomach this? hurts. Yeah. What's happening? Right. What do, yeah. What do you think that would be like the first like five times? I don't know. But I've been playing a Thin Blood Alchemist, and there's a very terrible part of my brain is like, I wonder if those components could be used <laughs> in some sort of concoction. Because I feel like if the Vitae oh has gosh. powers, what other fluids what? and oh, pieces from no. a vampire could have? I don't want it. I'm not happy what? that I'm having this thought, but for science reasons. I love it. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's also affected. Um can you be awake is also affected. Um, if you have really high humidity, you can be awake at any point in the day. You, you do still have to sleep at some amount, but, you know, that's cool. And then if your humidity is, like, super low, uh, you don't get up till late, mm, like, yeah. an hour after the sun sets. Mm -hmm. So you're just, like, you're physically losing more time compared to some of the other counterpoints that are like i don't have the highest humanity but i can get up like a little early right it's dangerous but i can do it <laughs> i have to stay inside mm -hmm. but i can you know start my day <sighs> yeah how you take damage from sunlight is also affected by humanity score yeah oh, was... the higher humanity you are like the more time you have before it starts uh hurting. if you have super super high humanity you can take like half damage from oh, nice. the sun which okay. is crazy um, how your healing works is also affected by your humanity. Um, can you fuck and do you enjoy it? That is also affected by humanity. Hell yeah. So, you know, your ability to maintain relationships is affected. Relationships. <laughs> can you make art? Oof. That is also affected by your humanity score. If it goes low enough, because you're like literally are not able to put your heart into it, the the works suffer and people can tell and you actually take minuses to your roles to create things you're more phoning it in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah looking at you roses yeah are your vibes off yeah because if you, your humanity drops low enough people can just kind of feel your like the innate predatory nature that you have and you're just very not correct which you can have fun if you have characters that are low humanity of getting into that uncanny valley like liminal space descriptions of these characters to kind of build up like the horror of them mm -hmm. or like he's gorgeous but something's wrong right you know and you're just kind of like oh my god what as you're looking at him you're noticing that like nothing is moving mm -hmm. he's just sitting actually statuesque which is normal for some people but like they'd blink yeah or their face would twitch a little bit or something like they they moved. like people will like subtly like adjust their positions in their chair or like when you're talking with people you realize that if the conversation's going well like we mirror each other mm -hmm. so people will start like matching the angles that they tilt with each other and this person's like not moving right or even creepier, you get into things where it's like, you realize not only do they not blink, their skin doesn't have texture anymore. Mm. Just little things like that where you just go, Ugh. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to lean into it too if mm -hmm. you're uh, playing a gangrel, mm -hmm. where some that's changed a little bit from the old edition. But if you like want to make them look more animalistic the further down the humanity track they go, like mm -hmm. if you want to bring back like the wolf ears or the fangs a little bit more. I would say you don't, even have to go that dramatic if a little thing that i think would be a cool touch that i've described to people with like gangrel specifically is give them the predatory cat eye shine so their eyes look completely normal but you catch them for a half second where the light glints and you just see that like very spooky glowing orbs and you're just like oh god mm -hmm. 
But then you're look. You're trying to now subtly look at them to see if you can get it again. You're like, I don't want to, but I need it. I saw it so quick. I don't know if I really saw that. Yeah, I like that. And I'm just like, oh, God. (sighs) Yeah, but I mean, just by the time you get down to like four or three, two, I feel like that would be a fun way to bring that back a little bit. Because I know people Mm -hmm. really liked that. Oh, yeah. You can get spooky with that. Also, if you want to get really hard in the paint in it, um, looking at the early stages of like human decay and just how like the skin will dehydrate and the cuticles will like pull back a little bit and like the skin around your hair will pull back a little bit so everybody's hair just looks slightly longer or slightly more disheveled because Mm -hmm. it's not styled for the length that it is now because your skin's like pulled back or just you know describing things being a little taut or a little slack than it should be Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like nah no good stuff spookies the vibes are off uh how easily do you frenzy is another thing that is affected by humanity the more humanity goes down the more likely you are to fail a frenzy check and you're gonna flip the fuck out makes sense there's info about that on 219 if that's something you need it's not explicitly like i hate that the numbers for this are not referenced on the page i understand they're trying to save printing mm-hmm. but that's the page at least the reference is in that section so good and also how long do you torpor if you get torpored is affected by your humanity uh, there's a chart on page 241 that explains that. Now, when you say how long do you torpor, that doesn't mean staked because that's a different kind of torpor. Mm-hmm. That's like you've taken enough damage to fall into torpor or you've gotten hungry enough that you've fallen mm-hmm. into torpor. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, if you're staked, that's also like a torpor. But if it's like staked and then immediately ripped out, yeah, it should I can just pop back. Right. Uh, um, one thing that I think is interesting is I have mm-hmm. those open the torpor lengths because I was taking a peek at them. Yeah. Um, and like, so like Humanity 7, it's two weeks. Humanity 8, it's one week. Humanity 9 is three days. And if somehow you're dealing with Humanity 10, there's not a length listed. Mm-hmm. So you just get back up. Yep. That's dope. And get on again. I might, I might knock that down to like an hour or amount of minutes. No, just a couple. Honestly, though, if you want to be dramatic, just a, a, like 10 seconds, like just long enough for everybody to like turn to look away and then you just jump scare them. <laughs> yes. You'd still be pretty fucking hurt, though. So you probably just wake up. Ah, yeah, you're probably screaming. You did just have like a hunk of wood in your chest. Ah, Ow. when I said stick it, that's not what I meant. Ow. <laughs> yeah, there. <laughs> Humanity 10 is scary for a whole lot it's, of different reasons. It's wild. Like, there's a lot of things with Humanity 10 that mirror uh, certain combinations of thin blood merits that I think are really interesting. But that's all that you guys can vote on the thin blood episode. I'll talk about it then. So. <laughs> I, I also think it's worth noting uh, mm-hmm. that it says under um, Humanity 9 mm-hmm. that it says kindred with this rating tend to be more humane than most humans. Mm hmm. Which means humanity 10 is like... The goodest of boys. Nearly impossible for a human to achieve, let alone yep. a kindred. So it should likely not humanity show up in the game. Humanity 10 is like what Mother Teresa was marketing herself at. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> humanity 10 is Dolly Parton. There you go. <laughs> for, for Old World of Darkness, um, now this isn't directly relevant anymore. Because mm. there used to be like specific things you had to do to go from like 10 to 9 and 9 to 8. Mm. They had like specific crimes tied to them. Just uh, 10 was described as saintly, and what would make you drop from 10 to 9 is if your character had selfish thoughts. Mm-hmm. Just worth noting, which is like, you basically have to have a player who's like, oh, I had a selfish thought. Now I have to take stains. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, but eh. it's not quite like that anymore, but still. Eh, kind of, yes, no, but not really. 
and it depends really depends on mm, what you pick does. those convictions as because mm-hmm. like i would make it so like you have to stick to that 2AT. you but... are not allowed to deviate and if you do here's a stain <laughs> oh look your tracker's full now you're impaired we'll get into that in a yeah. moment uh but the last thing i wanted to bring up that uh the humanity trackers do uh note on your spiral down is can you look at humans as more than food? Because the flu- I, the main reason I enjoy reading through the the list is uh, the descriptions of the mentality for each step on the humidity tracker. And as you go further and further down, just like how callous it becomes, but it's such a gradual shift from being like, I'm going to be the shining example and do the good things to just like, eh, you do a little crime, it's fine. It's like, eh, I mean, this sucks, but it's kind of what I needed to do to survive or like to help things. And then just getting into like, these people are pathetic. Look at them. Mm. You own them. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like, push them into the street. It's fine. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, in the way. it just becomes intrusive thoughts. Mm. It's like bananas. So if, if you want to have like a slight spoopy read of just like, oh, oh, I just watched somebody devolve over the course of three pages. Yeah. Ugh. Like, that's fun. But yeah, that's something to also keep in mind is like Azure players are sliding up and down on the humanity skills, mostly down. Let's be honest, probably going down mostly. Um, They are probably going to have very fundamental character mentality shifts. And you as a storyteller can yes and that by vocalizing that within their beast. And if the player wants to rebuke that or not, can be really interesting, like character moments at the table. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just little, little nuggets of just kind of cool things you can give people. Cool I things. Like you, it. Yeah. Other cool things you give people stains. <laughs> oh, man. Does anybody have a Tide pen? Ah, uh, I think I think you do downstairs. But anyways, um, I do. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love joke. this mechanic so goddamn much. I'm just not good at eating soup. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're not good at eating soup? It gets the Tide pen. Uh, okay. <laughs> So stains, this is a cool mechanic. I know we've talked about it in the past, but we're going to go over it again a little bit because it's important for the humanity tracker. I'm okay with this. So various corruptions, temptations, sins, or dickhead behavior that affect your character uh, are things that can cause stains. These are marked by a little slash on the empty boxes in your humanity tracker. That's why I'm saying fill it in one way over or the other way and over. Don't fill them in randomly just trying to be cute. Like I made a design. I'm like, you've, you've made this a giant pain in the ass <laughs> please do not uh so more specifically things that will cause stains is violations of chronicle tenants uh character convictions harm ton to touchstones interference with the beast often in the context of like a messy critter or bestial failure or things that will often cause stains i also recommend just using stains as a uh, player calibration tool if you need it because sometimes people get a little hyphy at a table and we'll do something that's super fucked up and out of pocket and that might be a good time to be like hey buddy this doesn't explicitly go against anything but uh you overkilled Mm -hmm. like by a lot and really enjoyed that so i'm just gonna give you a one and i just want you to think about why you're doing that so you know yeah that could be a (laughs) even just a um your goal was to kill one vampire that no one liked and that is Mm -hmm. completely fine your solution was to blow up the apartment building he lived in. Mm-hmm. Everybody dead. Or you just, or you, yeah, it's like, yeah, you killed him, but you also tortured him for three days beforehand. I'm like, that's getting a, that's, <laughs> I'm just giving you a stain. Like, you ran him off the road and he drove into another car. Mm-hmm. Just things like that. Yeah. So I know a lot of people do set up chronicle tenants to have things where it's like, 
don't have collateral damage. Don't like don't involve people that are not involved in, you know, the vampire world and mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. So that might be, get covered anyways. But considering uh, the amount of, uh, mm, I'm going to say problematic players I have had, and I wish I had things that would make it a, uh, you're getting a consequence, but the consequence isn't me, your friend, having to yell at you, my friend, at the table in front of all of our other friends because mm. you're being a fuck nugget. Yeah. And just go, hmm, that was a lot. Please take a stain for it. And that's also a good moment to pause as a table to be like, well, why? And I'm like, bro, you tortured that guy for three fucking days. Right. We all Plus agree. stain isn't that bad for that, actually. Yeah, it's like, we all agree torture's bad, right? Cool. There you go. Take the stain. We're going to do the remorse roll at the end of the session. Yeah. If you're, if, if you're really, if you as a player can justify to me why this doesn't uh, go against your character convictions right now, please, by all means, justify this to me. Right. <laughs> but. I feel like it's a pretty common trope, too, that mm-hmm. shows up in a lot of crime related, like, cinema and TV shows and stuff, like, kind of secretly the actual plot of Sopranos, mm-hmm. like any cop on the edge story where they start like their own uh, convictions start crumbling under the weight of the big case they have to solve. Like mm-hmm. a lot of Yakuza films. This is why you have to give me your gun and your badge, Burkowski. But I mean, that, I feel like that's a good system for mirroring that kind of story. Yeah. If you want to do that in a vampire context, like sure, you could be like a hound mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I'm supposed to do this job. And now I'm starting to like fall apart on my as a person under the weight of my responsibilities to mm-hmm. the tower. Could be fun way to have stains be a way to track that. Yeah, there's totally. a lot of good uses for that. Yeah, there's ways of having this be an interesting plot device as opposed to a way to rein in people that are being dickheads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also just a way to help rein in a dickhead without it being like a super massive call out. It's just a hey, take a trick. Nah, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep being a badass, that's fine. You're just gonna consequences it's gonna be bad yep uh so speaking of things bad degeneration so if you fuck around and you find out by getting more stains than you have empty boxes on your tracker uh you pick up the impaired condition which results in a two dice penalty to all pools all pools all of them as your character is overcome with regret oh boy because you're just like oh shit i'm being a fuck oh fuck am i the bad guy are we the baddies are Got we the skull baddies? on our hats. I think we might be. <laughs> Am I a bad person? <laughs> yes. Uh, also, while the character is impale, uh, impaled impaled by the guilt Sick. by gaining an impaired condition, oh my god, saved it. Uh, the PC cannot violate any further chronicle tenants. Yeah, can't do it. They just can't. Yeah. So what happens if they start to? Do they just like start to? You roll Freeze. a terror frenzy with a difficulty of four. Oh shit, that's right there, isn't it? Which is basically just having an anxiety attack or a mental breakdown. Sick. Yeah. Now, I think this, definitely, if you're going to run it, mm-hmm. I think we talked about it a little bit in my H5 mm-hmm. um, episode. I don't want to say review. I didn't give it a score or anything. But mm-hmm. when we did like a rundown on that and I talked about it, one of my biggest complaints with it, like the humanity system mm-hmm. felt missing specifically when it's talking about like how the job like i was talking about in all those crime movies and stuff Mm -hmm. how the job begins to destroy the person with the job yeah like just take this this little section we're talking about here on degeneration Mm -hmm. and just put that right in your hunter game and it'll be a thousand times better i almost guarantee it (laughs) hell yeah Mm -hmm. because you know what i am here for the drama of grown men with big guns crying hell yeah i'm here for that men are allowed to have feelings hell yeah hell yeah 
even if they're not fun. You're allowed to cry <laughs> even when you're shooting the gun. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, uh, what is it? <laughs> it's one of those really... It's a sad ex- scene right there. <laughs> it's scary. It's one of those really extreme 90s uh, straight-to-video anim- a- anime. I think it's called uh, Golgo the Killer. Okay. The one where... Um, Every time he kills someone, he like sheds a single tear and remembering the time he had to kill his wife. Nice. Mm. I was thinking you were talking about Ichi the killer. Yeah, and I was like, there's not, a... the men don't cry in that. Well, Ichi, Ichi does. does. Like all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's He just kind of doesn't stop. I'm sorry, just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of my memory of the Ichi the killer film, I've read the manga, but mm. my, my remembrance of the film is just, dude, fuck, Kakihara is terrifying. Yeah. And then the two twin dogs that like do sniff panties to track a woman down. it's just mm, yeah god <sighs> yeah i love takashi bk as a director but, but sometimes fucking things wild. fucking insane fucking, I, him and hideo kojima are fucking insane uh, like, take a deep breath guys <laughs> <laughs> i recently watched uh his adaption mm-hmm. of ace attorney Oh, yeah. absolutely insane it, but it works like it's insane that it's the same guy though yeah. all those other movies and then they just like here do like a nintendo property movie yeah he's also done zebra man which is kind of more fun uh, yeah his his filmography is a fucking roller coaster of just what the fuck Wait, who is this takashi Miki? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh did. yeah he's done all sorts of weird yeah, yeah, yeah fucking <laughs> christ all right getting back into it so along with degeneration on top of potentially uh having to roll the terror frenzy but you're definitely impaired uh you take one ag willpower damage for each stain that could not fit in the open boxes damn yeah it just so if you're a humanity nine and mm-hmm. for some whatever reason you end up like, like two stains which is yeah. not hard to get. Right. You're in trouble. Yeah, you're impaired. Oh my god. You're Poor pissing and you. shitting. Poor and you have an you. ag willpower. If you have a humanity of nine and the Lasombra in your party's like, we need to move right now mm-hmm. and shadow steps with you mm-hmm. and then gets like a messy crit mm-hmm. or you know, or a bestial fail, even yeah. better. Cause it's like any ones or any tens result in stains. Yep. Yeah, trying to be a high level <laughs> humanity of the somber is just not fucking a, tough. Fucking not really a thing. <clears throat> I, uh, yes. Oh, I forgot to. Uh, hey, um, storyteller, if you're hearing this before I tell you, I forgot. Um, that last combat we had with my Lasombra, he has a few stains. You, oh, We're going to continue on. Well, well, you we'll fix the post. <laughs> um, yeah, so this impaired condition will remain until the end of the session when okay. we do the remorse roll, which we'll go over in a second. Uh, the condition, though, because it sucks, can be removed at any point voluntarily by giving up a humanity. By just saying, I don't fucking care. Yeah, it's you're fine. just like, I've, I've, I've accepted my fate. Fuck this. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <sighs> you have a girl boss so hard you lose your humanity. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. So the remorse roll. At the end of the session, the character will roll dice equal to the number of clear boxes on their humanity tracker. So... With the remorse roll, as long as you have at least one success on any of the die, the stains are removed and you can continue on as normal. This is kind of counted as your character processing their guilt or feelings about the uh, upsetty spaghettis. And they're going, okay, I was not a good person, but I'll do better from now on. I was put in a situation where that wasn't, that was the only choice mm-hmm. I had and I had to do it. It's for the best of everyone. We don't have to do it again. Yeah. I'll do better next time. They will not do better next time. They'll try to do better They'll try to do better. Time. Sometimes. Uh... If you fail, there's no successes. You technically can't beast. You'll fail this, as far as I'm aware, because there's no hunger dice involved. Right. So it's just it's just you pass fail. If there's no successes, it's a complete failure. You drop a humanity, but all the stains are cleared. Nice. Yeah. Kind of. No. Not really. 
if you happen to have all of your boxes full and you have no clear ones, you just roll one die. Mm, mm. <sighs> That's rough. It's a little... That's a 40% chance? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 679. Yeah. yeah. That's not a lot. Not that little. It's not the worst. Not the worst. Not the worst, but it's not 50-50. You, you got a good shot. Yeah. Not a not a not a great shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is that is that. So what if you've uh tumbled your way down the entire humanity tracker Whee! and you're going from zero or from one to zero? It's like when you hit that one really long snake on snakes and ladders. Mm-hmm. And you're just like Whee! You're like, oh, fuck, down here, the bottom again? The fucking snake. I worked so hard to get up here. And then, nope. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to burn this entire place. Yeah, that's called the wassail. Um, <laughs> so basically, when you go from one to zero, uh, your humanity snaps from you. The beast is unchanged and you go into a final mega frenzy. Uh, all of your scene, all of your uh, physical attributes for the scene jump to five dots. Damn. And yeah, you you go. You ever just want to go ape shit? Uh, that's that's what happens. This is a uh, doom level rip and tear thing. And if you somehow survive this, uh, you've lost yourself to the power of the beast and the blood, and you become an NPC. You hand your character sheet over. Brutal. And you are now what is called a white. White. W-I-G-H-T. Not a, not a white, us palm-colored folks. But I can understand the confusion. <laughs> beep. beep. Anyway. <laughs> so that's, that is the humanity tracker. Oh, that works. Um, Something I would like to try and chat about. Yes. I don't know if maybe we are or not. Um, mm -hmm. We had a discussion, I think, on our Discord. And mm -hmm. I want to more talk about it. Yeah. Um, how much, like, self-awareness, cleverness, planning do whites have once they have finally lost it to the wassail? I think we talked about this on a previous episode. Shit. Too. Sorry, guys. That's okay. We can go over um, it again. I had suggested we do a whole episode on whites. Actually, you know what? We did. I remember it now. Never mind. Okay. For those listeners that would like the answer to that question, I don't remember episode it was. Go find it. <laughs> <laughs> or let us know you want a white episode because I think that could be really cool. Actually, that's yeah. a good idea too. <laughs> There's several ways to run them. Yeah. If you desire, and we can definitely go over that and probably like write a couple of our own just for funsies. Yeah, but, be fun. you know. I th Hooray. I think we talked about them in the Nosferatu series because we talked about the uh, Nosferatu eating Nosferatu. Yeah. yeah. I think that might be right. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's okay. So if you're uh, out there and you listen close enough and you remember, or you just feel like doing the research, let us know. Hit us up at blankbodies at gmail.com or the Discord. Or yeah. Teach Instagram. us about our own show. Yeah. Because we forget. <laughs> we have just enough episodes now that, yeah, I do generally be like, did I talk about that? I don't remember. That might have been on like one of two episodes, I feel like. Yeah. I believe this is episode 66. That's, it is 66. That we're is. We're to almost a really nice number. We're, we're getting close. Guess who's going to get that number? Booyah. Mm, exactly. Uh, so after all this talk, uh, there is a ability to regain your connection and potentially reclimb the ladder of humanity. Even from zero? Uh, not from zero. Okay. There's no coming back from zero. There's no coming back from zero. No, that's, that, that's, gone. you've gone over the, the edge. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no You're in a barrel that. and Niagara Falls is 50 feet above you. Yep. You've okay. gone. Yep. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. 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 <laughs> So uh, vampires can only increase humanity by selflessly involving themselves in human life and human concerns. 
Core book, page 241. Hell yeah. So the book gives the options of uh, this uh, choice to get reintouched with your own humanity should go along with a major personal story arc involving being more involved with mortals and less with vampires. Uh, extraordinarily humane in-game actions, quote unquote, may allow players to buy humanity at ST discretion. The storyteller does not have to allow people to regain humanity. Like at all? At all. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, so that would be a session zero discussion, maybe? Yeah, session zero, or if you just want to have a quick like, hey guys, time out, since this has now come up. Uh, here's my philosophy on this as a storyteller. Do you want us to do something else? Are y'all cool with it? Like, just like a quick check-in. Right. But, Even if it's just, since we didn't know, we yeah. can, after this one, it will start taking effect. Yeah. Yeah, there's tons, yeah, because there's tons of things that could and probably should be talked to Session Zero, but there's also a lot happening in Session Zero, and if you just forget, right, that doesn't mean you can't just talk, just take time, 10 seconds to be like, hey guys, so this is what I was planning. Are we Gucci with it? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, your it, friends talk to each other. It's yeah. also one of those things where um, Maintaining you really relationships. Yeah, yeah. You also need to like as the ST because I know a lot of session zero is asking your players what they're comfortable about. It's one of those things where you should note as the ST the things you think or plan on coming up and talk about those and anything else you can talk about later. Yeah, like if the game is specifically about vampires slipping into the mm-hmm. darkness. That's probably something you'd want to mention right up front. It's like, I'm not allowing you to get humanity back. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm running this game and it's going to be a little grimdark. It's going to be a little on the uh, humanity, not yay. We're all fucked. We're going into that existential, like, spinning whirlpool of the drain. Mm -hmm. So because of those themes, I'm running humanity like this. Are we cool with it? Cool. Or, be kind of cool if you, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would necessarily want to play in this game, but it's a cool idea. Make it almost like a humanity meat grinder of a city. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Diabolists or something are taking over the city and you're like, they've cursed it to where people in it like can't regain their humanity. Even humans. Yeah. Be wild. Yeah. I mean, hell, even in continuing the uh, Diabolist uh, theme. If the plot of the game is your coterie has been tasked with hunting down a Diablerist and you need to bring them in alive to be tried at the court, mm-hmm. you are also left with the question of like, can can that person ever actually be redeemed? Right. Or not? Like, do we allow them? Is that even something we should bother about? And uh, turning in the Diablerist is going to get them executed. So is their death our fault? Right. Kind of thing. So like, you know, you get into things like that. That might be a good, you don't have to quote unquote spoil your game. Cause God damn it. I've had so many talks with STs where they're like, well, I don't like to give away too many things to the players. Cause I don't want to give away what the story is. And I'm like, if you talking about the major themes of your story is going to give away your story. I hazard to story. say you're probably a shitty storyteller. <laughs> like, it's like, the same thought I've had with a couple of storytellers that are like, well, no, I, my story is I need to surprise the characters by, like, revoking their ability to consent to things in games. I'm like, wow, you're a shitty storyteller. Yeah, why? If you can't scare your players without taking away their autonomy, that's shitty. Mm-hmm. There's a time and place for that kind of horror, but you should at least tell your players that's what you're going into. Yeah, just like a, hey, uh, this power will do this. Are you cool with me narrating that? Or is that a behind the scene curtain thing? Right. Cool. And it's also like, 
I think a good example for a game that's really, really bad about it, if you don't talk, discuss it again, a couple years ago, I ran Ravenloft, but I ran like the 2E we played in 2E yeah, and used the 2E, 2E modules. 2E Ravenloft, super fun, but dear God. There are a lot of times where bad things can happen mm-hmm. and um, you just got to let your players know, I might have to do these things to you and certain things may not work the same way because like in that version, once you make Ravenloft, like clerics become... Uh, become kind of useless and you can kind of fudge those Mm -hmm. rules and like a lot of powers are just marked dark and every time you use them you might have to do the uh ravenloft version of humanity like Like the sanity things yeah Yeah. it's it's i would say that the as written 2e ravenloft is meaner than call of cthulhu with that kind of thing oh yeah like yeah, to the Ravenloft is brutal. Well, yeah, because I mean, with clerics and paladins, you have like your severed and tainted connection to your your uh, god. Yeah. So you're still getting the. If I'm remembering correctly, you're still getting your powers, but they're from something else. Yeah. It's yeah. never explicitly said unless you get deep in the meta plot. But right. And yeah. there are some gods that still work. It's complicated. We're not a Ravenloft show, unfortunately, yeah, to me. But there's. We could work on that. Ooh. If anybody wants a Ravenloft episode, let us know. Uh, I was going to say, we just have a mini series about Ravenloft. For my, <laughs> for my birthday. Birthday. Hey. I have a strawed calf piece. It's true. Yeah, it's true. He does. I, I, I handcrafted this man a uh, Castle Ravenloft dice tower and then painted a mini straw to put on the tiny balcony I put on the dice tower. It's truth. It's cool. very cool. Coolest commission I ever got. <laughs> Hell uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I'm actually still really proud of that. I hand carved every fucking brick on that thing. Beautiful. Remind me, listeners, uh, and I will post a picture on Discord. Hell yeah. Uh, also, I guess if people want me to make them cool dice towers, uh, DM me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this does tie into, you know, uh, there's a lot of metaphysics that parallel into World of Darkness that are things that you might need to consider. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But I'm just talking at this moment of what's in the book. So it is canonical in the book. The storyteller does not have to allow you to regain humanity. You can, if that, you know, storyteller and troop discretion. And you have to have role play doing the actions to get back in touch with humanity and like rebuild those relationships as well as spending the XP, which is 10 times the level. So if you're going from five to six, that is 60 XP. It's insane. It's insane. It's like almost unachievable. Yeah, there are. And if you do, you're spending it so much that you've like fallen way behind the rest on, of your On like coterie. everything else. Yeah, yeah it's bananas. Um, there are things like Golconda, and there's a Golconda lore sheet in the core book uh, that may allow you to purchase humanity. And this is also at storyteller discretion about whether that's allowed, what that actually means, what the lore and the meta plot for that is. But Golconda is such a topic. Yeah. That is its own fucking episode. I tried to like parse it down really tight to fit in with this. And I'm like, that's still not going to work. No, no, not to give it any kind of the justice. And I also am somebody that is my fan theories around Golconda is just like, Golconda is a little squeaky, guys. Mm. This is not the cool like, oh, yeah, no, you can just get redemption. It's fine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, there's in universe, I believe, multiple places that state different things of what Golconda is. So there is is and can be and how it works. It's one of those things where they specifically never gave a direct answer for what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's something we'll we'll do. I feel like we could do a whole mini series that would tie in together that would be like Golconda, Whites and True Faith. 
Yeah, it's... Hmm, that'd be fun. Yeah, and there's also just the... It depends on also theming for your game. Because if you're someone like me that I am not a theist... And I understand there's a lot of biblical implications and Abrahamic faith stuff in Vampire the Masquerade and therefore World of Darkness at large. I don't give a fuck about that. Um, I don't find that as narratively fulfilling for me as a storyteller or a player. So I tend to treat that kind of stuff almost like it's part of like a Cthulian mythos where it's like, yeah, those things happened, but that's not where it ends. And there's things way above that that you're never going to fucking understand. And the... The concepts and the stories we have based around these ideas of what faith and God are, are just people's trying to wrap their brain around things they don't fully understand. Mm -hmm. So I, as a storyteller, am never going to give you an answer for that shit. It's just, that is a phenomenon that happened. What that means to you in character and out of character is your personal choice. I, um... I would say that also kind of directly ties into, like, especially if you go mm -hmm. with the early clan book for malkavians what they're up to for mm. all of mage even they don't really know what's going on yeah. they just pretend to and that uh, yes, pretending the makes knife. it work yeah, yeah. um <laughs> hell even changelings yeah like i think it's pretty explicitly say, stated that once you cross over that door mm -hmm. even they're not really they have trouble remembering what they've seen when they come back yeah so that, that's a little bit more the lost but yeah so uh, how much extra supernatural things are going to affect the moralities of your game and what that means in terms of redemption is kind of up to your table. So I don't have any hard and fast rules for you guys on that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to proselytize. I am going to propose uh, another option, uh, which also is going to be kind of dependent on how your table is going to decide how morality will work for your games in general. So there's going to be you know, questions like, can there be even be redemption to begin with? If you guys have decided that, you know, redemption is not possible if you've committed some sort of crime or you've like lost yourself to your beast or you've stained your soul or however you want to parse this and that can't be removed. All right, you don't have to worry about it. If you go down the track, you're just going down the track. Boop, so boop, 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 problems. Boop. Um, are there acts that can never be forgiven? Are there things that like, yeah, there is redemption, but there's X, Y, and Z things that if you do those, that there's no coming back from that. Like, you just permanently black out that number 10 on your yeah. sheet and... 10 or not, you're just like, just make a note. You're never going to get back to here or you're never going to get back to seven or however however you guys decide you want to parse that. Mm -hmm. um, how much does free will affect guilt? Oh, if you're uh, dominated into punching do your best friend in the face. Yeah. Does you that feel count? bad about it? You were dominated. It's like, I hit my friends like, well, you were dominated. So like, that's not really your fault. And they're like, yeah, but I failed to dominate. So like, it's still my fault. Like, yeah, you know, those kind of things will affect the morality and decisions of things. Um, is forgiveness required for redemption? Because hmm. I, I tend to be somebody who's like, you can work towards redemption and like improving yourself as a person, but the people you have harmed do not owe you forgiveness at fucking all. Hmm. I don't think you're owed forgiveness, but I also don't necessarily mean that believe that just because you're never forgiven doesn't mean you can't become a better person. Exactly. It's a double sided edge. Like yeah. if you do something shitty to someone, they're allowed to curse your name for the end to the end of days. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean still doesn't mean you can't be a better person and grow from that experience. Yeah, yeah for sure. 
So, you know, if people, uh, then there's people that have the other way where it's like, well, if you don't do the steps to gain forgiveness and make that atonement, then you can't get redemption, which that will, those two thought trains give you wildly different stories mm-hmm. and wildly different expectations. So things to just kind of keep in mind. Um, can there be a lesser of two evils? Also another thought, cause like sometimes you're like, okay, there's two decisions. They're both shit. How do you decide which one's going to be better or worse? Or do you make no decision? Do you try to mm. find a third option? Right. How much of that will affect, uh, your ability to become a better person or gain stains, that kind of shit. Are conscious beings essentially good? Mm. Yeah. Cause if people are essentially good, that's going to change, uh, expectations on who is deserving care and respect and forgiveness as opposed to well all humans are inherently evil and shit and therefore why should i bother or they're going to be punished there's no point in trying to make yourself better or the world better or i could just keep killing them because it's not bad on me because they're already fucked right i'm actually improving the world by getting rid of them which that's that's probably a pretty low humanity that's a low humanity (laughs) thing personally for me but there's some people who think that that's high humanity and I probably wouldn't be playing a game with a person like that, but those people do exist and those people do have their own tables and game groups and they can play their games at their fucking tables. Right. I can't. It's a very (laughs) Sabat game right there. That's a very Sabat game. Oh, no. Um, Is evil or good a force that can act on its own accord? Mm. So are you doing like Jedi the force things, which kind of happen with like true faith? Yeah. That's also where things get messy Mm -hmm. if you bring in the larger try and pour it in some of the larger cosmology from Mm -hmm. old world of darkness where it's like when demons and angels start showing up it the answer is inherently yes to some degree it can be but if you're kind of going with the weird uh like cthulhu-esque beliefs that i look at the cosmology it's just like uh, angels and demons can be more positive or negative but neither is inherently good or evil but that's also me inherently rejecting the concepts within the Abrahamic faith that those two concepts are based on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, it's messy because I think it's easy to separate something like vampire from the Abrahamic faith. It's like clearly those religions are so old that mm. the majority of vampires still alive today grew up within the world that those beliefs created. And so they are inherently tying their mythology to the mythology they grew up with. It makes yeah. sense. You can do that when things like... Uh, demon at least from what i read in it come Mm. up it's like as a demon you were an angel you fell you inherently remember the beauty of god and you're trying to decide how you deal with that loss Mm -hmm. that's like the base of what that game is and when you've seen the face of god and you know Mm -hmm. that he was all loving to Mm -hmm. some degree how do you deal with that so that's one of the things where if you do start bringing those into your game yeah that's a big decision to make yeah because you're dealing with an entity that's like i have touched upon the facet of perfect good well however you want to encapsulate that thought on its own which is wild Mm -hmm. but i'm like but if it's perfect good then why would you rebel again anyways that's that's getting into some gnostic levels of circle fucking logic and i don't have that goddamn time right now. i would say even simpler it's also one of the things to discuss because Mm -hmm. i know we've talked about you know looking out for anyone's religious beliefs on the shows there's a good chance there might be a Christian or two at your table and they might just not want to deal with that. Yeah. Especially that deeply. Yeah, that might be a bit like, you're like, bro, I just came here to roll dice and fuck. I came here to suck blood and fuck forever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to deal with fucking Sunday services. And then, you know, you might get other people that are just, uh, 
super into exploring that and that's like super their jam and they were like they're like i want to fuck with that more and i'm like cool that's mm-hmm. great um and it's like okay i understand we're talking about this as a major cosmological thing like why would that fuck with us on the street level as a story because you know v5 is such a smaller story and i'm like yeah but the larger implications of the cosmology affecting street level things is how you get stories like the exorcist mm-hmm. it's also you know I think it's also one of the things that, like, we you can pull from D&D, where mm-hmm. it's like, if you look at some of the, whatever your favorite D&D setting is, yeah. think about how the cosmology and the gods or whatever are placed out, and how deeply that affects every aspect of that setting. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like D&D's, like, the perfect example of just a bunch of different cosmologies and gods and pantheons and whatever, like, they're very different. Yeah. And so, like, even at a street-level game, if you've met a cleric... <laughs> <laughs> like it will change. <laughs> I think it changes. If they are holding the up a guy, you know, a fist with a hammer in it, you're gonna be like, hmm, all right. But if they are holding up like, you know, a skull with two rotten sticks hanging below it, you're probably gonna go, hold on one moment. Or if you're like me, that looks playing clerics of Ollie tomorrow, where it's like, what's gonna happen? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Have some healing. Hi. <laughs> and again, I think taking that into vampire, though, and mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and stick with it just because we've talked about it. But like with that Abrahamic perspective, like that changes a lot like of a character who is a priest or maybe mm-hmm. you're dealing with second inquisition who are religious or you're dealing with someone who actually has true faith. And like I said, we could do a whole episode on true oh, faith. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like if it's a setting where um good and evil are specific forces mm-hmm. and like are people redeemable and stuff, what does that say about that that specific little character, like a priest that runs a church down the street in a world where people are inherently good and he's being like an icon of good Mm -hmm. is that that impressive in a world where people are inherently bad but one of them is trying their hardest to be a shining beacon of light in this world to the point where it hurts you as a vampire to be near them what does that say about that same character in a different Mm -hmm. setting like it does come down into street level vampire i would say Mm -hmm. yeah which ties to the next question i have is does faith inherently make morality Mm. no because it's like while having true faith does have like power implications um i i because you know i'm not theistic and i tend to run games that are not theistic either i do acknowledge true faith as a thing but it's generally just the power of that person's belief is empowering the thing not so much the fact that they believe in a abrahamic or other form of a deity and like that's what's doing it so it's kind of like reverse cleric right and in my mind as an st i would probably have an answer for that Mm -hmm. in my own head and then never outright tell the players yeah where it's like this is how i had canon roll it the character gets really interested and they start looking into it and they have a different opinion i don't have to change that as an st yeah i think that's more interesting yeah but like you know it could be yes god is good and he's giving them powers for their um, outstanding faith it could be like the power of their will it could be a third thing's giving them that power that like you said the more Catullian mm-hmm. uh cosmology where well it's a god or something like a god mm-hmm. yeah and there's also you run into the problems of uh people that have a lot of faith doing things that we can all acknowledge are not good i'm trying my best not to insert catholic priest joke here but you know there and we'll then, leave a little pause for your uh, uh imagination yeah just everybody mm-hmm. take a moment to uh think up your favorite uh religious figure abusing people joke insert it here and we'll move on 
Uh, but then you also have people that are very not of faith that do, ex- I would say, extraordinarily good things for the world and the community. Or people that do good or bad and it's not inherently tied, like their faith is not as tied to who they are as a person or how they interact with the community and society. Mm -hmm. Because you could have somebody who's doing really good work, happens to be Jewish or Muslim, but their faith, while it informs their decisions, isn't like a gigantic part of their identity. Right. That kind of thing. And so we haven't mm-hmm. talked about it, but I believe true faith can be wielded by anyone of yep. any religion. So right. I know we were talking about Abrahamic religions because vampire, but it does not have to be. It could be any. No, I that would be interesting to explore because I was about to say that could be any theistic religion. But technically it could be any. You could be just be like true faith, true faith, just like certain non-theistic Buddhists mm-hmm. sect and still. Well, yeah, like even getting into like certain thought philosophies within Judaism where they're of the Jewish faith, but they don't really believe in God in the way that like a lot of Christians do words like a guy in the sky with a with a big beard that has lots of opinions. But it's like some sort of like force or entity or the sense of community is their understanding and interpretation of God. Or even we you can even look at things like pie or um, mm-hmm. the Alcoholics Anonymous approach where... Step uh, one is like acknowledge that there's a power greater than you. It doesn't have to be God or religious. It could be anything, but it's something Dolly that's Parton. more important than you. Dolly Parton. That one would be tough <laughs> because I feel like she'd be really hard to get in touch with. She's a busy lady. She is a very busy lady. But, you know, that the dull, the old George Carlin skit where he praised to Joe Pesci. <laughs> where he's like, look, I, I trust Joe Pesci to get shit done. He's had a better track record than that God fellow. And I'm like, you know what, George? That's a completely understandable and I respect that. Um, and the last little question, last couple questions I had was, is redemption continuous work or a sudden epiphany? I I think that's kind of a good question to be like, is this something that we're, the characters need to spend a portion of downtime every downtime? Are they making choices in the game, like every session? Or is this something that they have like one really big heroic moment and that's enough to like push them over, even though they haven't doing a lot of the little work? I feel, in my opinion, like epiphany or something like that is a great spot to start mm-hmm. that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you're uh, kind of twiddling down that humanity spiral and then, you know, you, you make the decision to save all the orphans from the fire instead of go, eh, I don't really care, they're tiny and probably going to die anyway. <laughs> um, you know, you decide to save them and then that can be a good moment of like self-realization to push the character toward yeah. a climb. Or you could have a really cool if you're if 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 you want to be really badass as a storyteller, have a character that's doing like s- small little moments of like trying to work for things, and then they have a big epiphany moment at the end where they're just like, oh oh, this was work the, doing the work. I was doing I was doubting myself, and I thought I was being a dumb fuck and embarrassing myself, but uh, I saved the girl at the flower shop. Hooray! Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's also one of those things where I will say I'm not a huge fan of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of the other things where you're like a kid and you just have to watch whatever's on TV when you don't have cable kind of thing. Yeah. But it's always really stuck with me. And I think it's interesting kind of along the track. There's an episode of Friends where Phoebe makes a bet that she can't do a completely selfish, selfless act. Mm-hmm. But because she's trying to do a selfish uh, act to win a bet, it undercuts all of her attempts to do a selfless act because mm-hmm. she's getting something out of it yeah mm-hmm. god okay so here's the, here's the thing about that one i've never liked friends ever so i'm gonna own that too that fucking you can't do anything good because nothing is ever selfless the amount of weird 
specifically dudes I've gotten into arguments in like leftist political spaces about trying to do like mutual aid or direct action like help the community things and they don't see the point because it's not actually a charitable or selfless thing you're doing because you're using it as propaganda and I'm like no motherfucker I'm just trying to make sandwiches to give to houseless people well there's right. a big difference between selfless and helpful yeah selfless may be more noble but the fact that you need your um the ways you help other people to be selfless is inherently selfish mm-hmm. it's 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 an it's... interesting discussion but like it's almost like um a form of self-martyrdom to bring on to yourself where mm-hmm. if I'm going to do it, it must be completely selfless. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so like, fucking annoying. It's, it, it, makes, it means you don't really care about the people you're trying to help because you're inherently choosing not to help them because it doesn't make you look good enough by being selfless in yeah. the act. Or like if the act is considered self, like selfish because the only good I'm getting out of it is I want to because it makes me feel good to help other people. And they're like, well, because that made you feel good. It's a selfish. I'm just like, fuck off. Fuck off. Like literally everything. I can't exist without being selfish. And they're like, that's right. And that's why humans are garbage. And therefore we need to have an authoritarian leader. And I'm like, like get the fuck out. Mm-mm. Fuck you. Fuck off. I'm going to keep putting these books in this little community library box. Fuck off. And it's also to me... um, Excuse me. What's I going to say? Um, I think why people are so bad. I've never seen a good discussion on the critique or defense of like a Mr. Beast mm-hmm. major figure. Yeah. I feel like he ties into this like directly, mm-hmm. like inarguably has done a lot of really great charity work. Yeah. But there are also a lot of people who are like, no, nah, fuck him. He films it and makes videos out of it so it doesn't count now there is discussion to be had like where does the lines of exploitation on the people he's helping and he's making lots of money off of it while also doing charity acts like where is that line and there's a lot of um discussion that could be had there Mm -hmm. on where that's okay and where that stops being okay and like i'm not necessarily a defender or hater on the topic but whenever you see people talking about it it's very black or white Mm -hmm. like fuck this guy. I can't believe he's like making videos out of homeless people. He's exploiting people. blind people. and, all and like, But now they can see, motherfucker. Yeah. Right. It's, and like, that does tie into my... Him making the video yeah. is what gives him the money to help people see. Yeah. Well, that also ties into like the last question because the thing with Mr. Beast is uh, the critique on him, I think, is a lot of the cart before the horse. Yeah. And the last question I have is, can systems be moral? Which is, can societal structures have a morality? Like, can the Camarilla be good or evil, or is it just a neutral thing mm-hmm. that exists? So, like, with the Mr. Beast example, the reason that the people that were blind that he helped in that video, like, they had, like, what, like, glaucoma, something where you you could just, like, take off the lens and it's, like, a not terribly expensive or difficult surgery. Mm -hmm. But they were poor and Medicaid wouldn't cover it because it was a non-essential surgery. And it's, like, I would say that's a system being evil because it's a system that is denying people a basic body function. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Privatized medicine is garbage and a hellhole and I hate it. But the the critique and the energy that people are putting into bitching about Mr. Beast, if people took a fraction of that and put it towards the governmental system that is allowing those people to be trapped in a cycle of blindness due to just, they don't have enough imaginary tickets to pay for the medical help they need. Fuck them. Like, so much shit could get done. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry, but... (laughs) No, no, I mean, I think... 
this is where this whole topic gets messy. And it's, so yeah. trying to uh, boil it down into a zero through ten tracker on a yeah. character sheet. Um, Very difficult. It's difficult. And that's why, like, talk to your players. If a character does take stains or loses humanity, like, that might be a good check-in time to be like, how do you feel about this? Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about why that happened? Um, oh, I'm super all for, as a storyteller, if a character does something that's morally, like, in the, the squeaky gray area. Opening it up to, like, a, oh, we're going to pause the scene, we're going to do an open forum and have everybody discuss whether or not the player should take a stand for this or not. Yeah. Because I think it's a cool moment of allowing people to engage and actively uh, decide where the story's going and what the themes of the story are going to be in that moment based on what's going on. Yeah. And it's also, I, I have kind of, in knowing we're coming up to this episode, I've talked to Sarah about it a couple mm-hmm. times trying to figure out a good way to bring this up. And I think the best way to do it is not to name any names. Yeah. But just like content creators and um, slip ups or misbehavior and redemption. Mm -hmm. And like as a society, we clearly have no clue how that can or should work. Nope. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It's a tough subject. And if we can't figure out where the morality lies on that, how are you going to decide when it's like murdering people? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to name names, name like specific controversies or anything. But if someone says something fucking ignorant or stupid Mm -hmm. and how do they redeem themselves or come up with that and we can't figure that out, how is it okay that your character just like murdered five people to get their hands on a suitcase they were supposed to collect? Mm-hmm. and their redemption and how quick and easy that should be yeah. when right. they're very inherently on different scales of things yeah so that's we don't have a hard and fast rule for a lot of shit it's just kind of a uh, vibes at your table conversation unfortunately but just be chill and mature enough to have that conversation but the last little uh with all of these kind of questions in mind my overall thought on humanity at least regaining it i think it should not have an xp cost and should be purely a roleplay thing definitely should take a lot of time and effort but i think leaving it more ephemeral and having it be more of a story dramatics thing is a lot more engaging because then it's gonna one super encourage characters who want to reclimb that trail to do it and they're also not sitting there having to hoard a stupid amount of xp and not be able to engage with uh building up their characters and buying things and i think it's weird to say that um if you're because some of the background dots do involve you specifically engaging with humanity and human like communities like the allies dots Mm -hmm. and the contacts and resources are all things that are inherently tied into how you deal with uh, influence also yeah these are all tied with how you interact with like human populations so not being able to spend xp on that even though to gain humanity you have to build connections with human society yeah is fucking weird i've never been able to square that it goes in the square hole. I've never been able to get that one to work in my head. My thought on that also is like, even just for interest of story, like mm-hmm. which one's more interesting? You sitting on XP till you hit 60 so you can go from five to six on humanity mm-hmm. or spending that experience on like talents and uh, skills and merits and things like that and like expanding the actual character as opposed yeah. to cool. Now I can drink red wine. Well, you could have a character that 
they've slipped on the humanity thing and they want to re-engage with their human relationships. And that could be, oh, hey, I want to spend more time talking my touchstone. Oh, my touchstone's uh, family business is in the red. I could spend my influence and resources to help revitalize the neighborhood the family business is in Mm -hmm. and build that back up. And they won't know I did a thing. Right. And I'm like, yeah, if your character spends the time and energy to do that project... I'll definitely count that as like a big like tick on you going back up on oh, the humanity sure. scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll probably be a little bit nicer about it if you're like super low in humanity and you're just like, well, I bought a homeless person a sandwich. And I'm like, ah, shit, that'll definitely get you from one to two. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> but if you do the whole 80s movie plot of saving the rec center from uh, 80s Ventru guy who wanted to bulldoze it to make another fucking strip mall. A parking lot for the strip mall. yeah. The I'd movie be, theater he just tore down. Yeah, for... if you go through that whole story arc, I'd just be like, you know what? At the end of this, I will put it up to the tables vote where it's like, hey, do you think this player has done enough to gain their humanity back? Cool. We're going to have a really cool little like character highlight moment where you realize that you've like reconnected with portions of your life that you thought were long forgotten and dead and Aww. blah, blah, blah. And now you can uh, do stuff. Congrats. Yeah. You're less of a piece of shit. Good job. <laughs> right. But that, again, like... That's super duper interesting, and I like it. That's yeah. that's why I like the idea of redemption, but mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to spend XP on it. I agree yeah. with you. I think that the designers were in a space where they probably didn't want people just straight out buying it out, but they didn't mm-hmm. want to take the option away, so they just made it really expensive. Yeah. I've never had it come up as an ST, but mostly because I run shorter stories. I haven't yeah. run a lot of long chronicles in Vampire, mm-hmm. um, so it's never really come up, but personally... I might even just say we're not buying humanity back. It can be regained, but you're not just going to spend XP on it. Because to yeah. me, that's weird. It's weird. It I feel like it takes away from the whole point of the story. Mm-hmm. Whereas the only other way I could see that working is if you look at the cost and then you're like, all right, all this time you're doing things to regain your humanity. I'm giving you extra XP in a pile that's called the humanity pile. We're going to call it the humanity project. Project humanity. But Project Humanity. But that's just adding like more work for the ST and the player. So mm-hmm. I would say just role play it. If you really need to make a system for it, uh, make a bonus XP system ex- exclusively for the person trying to get back humanity and like use yeah. the numbers they give. Work with yeah. that. But I personally would just say you're not buying it back, period. If mm-hmm. you want it back, you're going to have to have your character do downtime actions, in-game actions, get the whole coterie depending on what it is involved in what you're trying to do if you really want that dot yeah because i've run i've run uh longer term games raw just rules as writ and i've had players lose humanity and when i've asked them I was like hey do you want to do any work on regaining this they were completely disincentivized too because they looked at the xp cost and they're just like what's the fucking point yeah and i went whoa that's really dark in the context of like what actually humanity is and what that means and like for the character who'd said that, I was just like, that is so fucking dark. Jesus Christ. And I don't think they even realized it because it was an out of character conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, fuck that. Who? <laughs> oh boy. Right. That was a choice. Which I mean, maybe <laughs> that's the vibe they were going for on it. Yeah. That they, they kind of ended up exploring that. And that did end up being an interesting story. Um, I just don't like players feeling forced or limited on what their story oh, options sure. can be just due to the mechanics, mm-hmm. unless that's something they want to explore. Like I'm cool with myself being hurt by the mechanics. Cause I think that's just kind of fun, but I, I, when I'm storytelling, don't like to push that on other people. And I've played in a game where I had a character lose humanity and gain it back. Um, 
And I do like the way that that storyteller handled it where um, I was given the humanity back because I had a character who um, I took a old world flaw because we thought it was neat to have a retainer who was also your touchstone. And that was like a specific flaw I had. Huh. And then um, we had some interim downtime between uh, story arc one and story arc two. So we had a scene where uh, the retainer touchstone confronted my character and was like, hey, look, uh, things happened. I can't handle being just your ghoul anymore. Like what the blood bond is doing to me and all. Like I can't fucking do this. So uh, I need you to embrace me or change the situation. Like I can't. Um so had a very, very sad, intense crying conversation in character, but the character decided to just uh, let the bond break and let them live as a mortal for a period of time. Just un- like free range human. Mm-hmm. It's like, we have to keep the secrets and I have a really dark secret. Yeah. I have the darkest secret. Yeah. But uh, I, I decided basically to let him go and like live his life for a few years is basically the plan to just be like, look, uh. I, I, I can't just embrace you. I know you feel like that's what you want, but because of the bond, you're not like thinking completely clear. So I need you to like live your life for a bit and decide if this is actually the choice you want to make before we come to that decision. Because I can't just kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So because my character did that, <laughs> I got a humanity back. Uh, I lost a ghoul, but they're now fully a touchstone. And now I have this other flaw that's also just like, uh, Yay. I can't tell nobody. <laughs> that's kind of like what uh, Alec was doing yeah. for re-upping the contract. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the only thing keeping him from losing humanity. Oh, on that his, whole situation with her? Goal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they the had... fact that he'd be like, every like few years, they'd be like, all right, we're, we're... going to break the bond. We're going to like sit down, re-examine contract. Mm-hmm. We're good. All right. We'll continue it on. Yeah. But. So, yeah, which was ended up being a really cool scene. I am terrified what that means for the rest of the story going forward. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Ha! I don't think the rest of this the party listens to the show, so I think I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have talked about it, but you know. Whoops. Whoops. But it's a really, it was a really cool story beat. And I was like, yeah, then he didn't make me spend XP on it. He's just like, no, you, you earned that. Because mm-hmm. your, your character has like a... Uh, uh, romantic feeling for this guy and you've put a lot of effort into like keeping this ghoul fucking alive and you're trying to like let him maintain his own humanity and choice and live a life that you didn't get to have mm-hmm. so yeah of course I'm gonna give you a fucking humanity for that that's like one of the most badass things I've seen a character do and I was like yay Oh, I uh now that I think about it I don't think I at least in V5 have mm-hmm. played like a high humanity character they're oh, pretty fun God. I play high humanity a lot <laughs> Well, my first character was uh, hunted people as sport. Yep. Um, my current longest character is just kind of like a thug. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, I, we stand, though. Y- Yannick's great, but yeah. he doesn't care that much. Yeah. Like, anyway. But I've had a couple, like, throwaway characters for, like, very short games, but I've never mm-hmm. really... So in that situation, humanity doesn't really come up. Mm-hmm. So in any of my longer games I've played in, they've definitely been eh. like middling <laughs> too low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But which can be completely valid and interesting stories to explore. Um, if you just were like, I want to ride this water slide into hell. I'm like, <laughs> I- I'll let you do that. But do you have a concept plan behind? Just OK. That's kind of where uh, Gideon was headed, I feel like. Slowly, yes. <laughs> uh, the vampire that pirate lad. Yeah, yar, vampires are hard. Yar, har indeed. 
you ever yar so hard? <laughs> My God. That <laughs> you lose your sense of self and fall into the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> yar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a sad pirate. I didn't know we were <laughs> watching our flag means death. Uh, I love that, so. Anywho, uh, final thoughts on humanity and redemption. Um, I think we did our final thoughts before we asked for them. Yeah, I think so. we kind of did. I just want to make sure there wasn't any other buttons or any other things because we've kind of waffled. General consensus is a story where you can pull yourself out of the uh, trenches of lack of humanity. It's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. And in general... Should be an option. Yeah. But don't do it with XP. Yeah. And uh, the thing that makes uh, people moral is uh, their their cares about uh, friends and community and giving a fuck about other people. And, yeah. And uh, sometimes taking care of others and accepting help. Yeah, yeah. From others. Hell yeah. Homies being That'd homies. That'd be kind of a cool uh, scene for mm. like the realization of you know, the big moment of, oh yeah, I do am more human. Like... You're in serious trouble and then like human people that you care about come to your aid mm-hmm. and like help you and you can be like, oh my God, they care about me. Just, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> be that would be cool. Be I a mean, fun scene. I know we talked about our Toreador episodes, so I'm going to use them as an example, but a lot of people come into games with a character and they have like an A, B outside of the storyteller's goals. Their own character has some sort of goal. Mm-hmm. Um whether it was like with when I played Ellis, his what he was building up his empire of a country club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my character Yannick right now is like mostly like looking into like occult and like learning secrets of the universe stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be like um, Gideon who just like wanted to run his bar and do his thing. Yeah, but like I think it'd be interesting to have like a Toreador maybe mm-hmm. or somebody's like. I'm starting this game at Humanity 5. By the end of this game, I'd like to be at, like, Humanity 8. That could be dope. Mm. Like, one, like I have lost track of my special people, and my art's failing, and I would like this character to grow to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That would be really, honestly, that'd be really dope. It's like, I can't promise you're going to make it to Humanity 8, but, like, the fact that you're aiming that high is, like, fucking sick, my guy. Let's mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. go. <laughs> I think it tie, that would tie really well into the themes of uh, Toreador, though, which is what specifically why I picked them. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where it even could be, like, start selfishly. Like, it's like, people have been talking a lot of shit about me because they saw what happened or whatever, mm-hmm. and I've got to fix this. I've got to become a better person. This, yeah. happen- this happens to every Toreador, guys. Come on, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fine. It's just Maybe it's just low potassium. It's Here fine. <laughs> it's, just, it's just whiskey humanity. It's fine. I... <laughs> So I'm playing uh, Ken right now. Ken's mm-hmm. pretty high humanity. And I think it's kind of fun. I don't know. I, I haven't asked the storyteller. And you don't have to comment. It's okay. I don't care to know for sure. But Ken does things that he is trying his best to be like humane and show yeah. like care and whatever. But a lot of them are like not human involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so little tidbit, uh, if you're in the game and you don't want to hear... Skip ahead a bit. It's not that big of a deal, though, because you already know he does it. Um, Ken recently, you know, has was going through a bit of a stressful time and went back to the mall where we had to 
unfortunately bury that person mm-hmm. um, that was kind of pals with one of our pals. Yeah. Um, and he has done, been doing this for years. He just goes back there and plays like to the grave because he remembers a lot of uh, spirits and stuff being there for the funeral. So yeah. he's just like playing to comfort the site, really, not even people or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've always been pl- thinking in my head that's like one of his ways of being like, I'm trying to be human. I'm staying connected to emotion and you know connected to the ties of that stuff like culture and like grief yeah and just doing things of remembrance exactly so i guess i was using that as uh, an example of like you don't have to i think personally be directly involved with people Mm -hmm. to do to do that i think it's a good idea and i think that you need that as a base that's that's, well it's that that one i would say is like you're doing a participating in a community thing right because you know i don't know many people that go to the graveyard to communally mourn a person regularly i know there's cultures that do that kind of stuff right typically in western culture we don't do that but people do go to the graveyards like individually for like remembrance or to go meditate on various aspects of their lives and i'm like no that that should count yeah it's a small it's a small bean but it's a good start for rolling the ball right yeah so hooray huzzah i think we did it thank you paralyzed for music which is They're, also a very human thing to do. It's true. Turns out. You making music. Support your community of artists by going to their band camp and giving listens and maybe a dollar. Dollar reduce. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, we're on social media and we don't like it, but we're there. <laughs> we're on we Twitter. Have to be. I don't want to be there. If there's a better option, that would be sick. I haven't been posting as much on there. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of, I turned off notifications. Yeah. I know we, as a business, probably shouldn't do it, but I'm tired of notifications being sent to me of like just mindless bullshit constantly or like bad Mm -hmm. opinions from strangers yeah so i'm trying to get rid of the app as soon as possible um so if we pull up roots from twitter i apologize but um come hang out with us on discord instead it's a lot cooler anyway it is cool we have a discord we have an instagram at blank bodies pod sarah's got a tiktok going over at blank bodies pod podcast and we are also on uh blue sky at, at blank bodies yeah should we just start putting more effort into the blue sky i have thing? been i've been posting okay. trying to post blue sky and um john and i are doing the instagram so hell yeah we might keep it like that for now uh and we're keeping an eye out i think mastodon and hive are dead at this point but it yeah. seems like blue skies it's one of those things i think it's kind of like how porn tends to decide which um platform platform media kind of goes forward with i think the furries have decided on um blue sky and so that one might end up the being the one that sticks around yeah that's Mm. valid i don't know yeah because i was like i haven't seen much about uh sex workers going to threads so (laughs) who the fuck knows yeah my big my big thing is like we have a blank body. We don't yet, but it'd be funny if we got a blank body's OnlyFans. We don't really do horny posting there. We just post our normal stuff. It just happens to be on OnlyFans. You can, you can just pay us through there if you want. I would yeah. be upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so naughty for getting our podcast on OnlyFans. <laughs> we'll send you a voice clip of that. <laughs> <laughs> that specific thing I just said. Yeah. Uh, it would be very, uh, cash money of you, though, uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, if you think we are doing good work, uh, you can give us a couple bucks, uh, or more bucks, depending on your comfort levels. If 
things are fucked up. Don't give us money. We're fine. I exist. I pay my bills. It's the holiday times and there's also, you know, wars happening. And I'm like, there's there's people that need money more than us. But if you can and you're comfortable and you want to, we appreciate you. That's very nice and sweet. Um, But yeah, we have options for voting on polls to help us do the show, which is super helpful. Um, if you get to certain levels of donations, there's like character sketches I'll do. We are trying to do the big holiday show notes and resources wrap ups on that for the patrons. And we also have the monthly Patreon episode, which is a bonus content thing. And that goes to anyone at any tier. So five bucks or more, you get the bonus episodes. And we just wrapped up our three-part microscope series Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna i gotta get started writing next month Uh, so that'll be interesting that is going to be i believe on the trope of vampires needing to be invited into a place and where that comes from and how it's handled in vampire and other vampire mythos and where that you know what the original monsters that those ideas came from because it's not originally from vampires spoiler Spoilers. Wait, what? Spoilers ahead. Uh, Why would you spoil that for me? I was so excited about it. Not a spoiler, though, is we do have an interview series. Um, If you have a cool project and you want to share it with the community, we are happy to talk to you about it. Uh, Just hit us up on the Gmail at blankbodies at Gmail. Yes. Hell yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do the thing. Uh, uh, Goodbye. See you, dude. Dude. We have to go drain the corn tub. Hopefully it's been draining. <sighs> yeah, we tried to set a siphon up before we left, so hopefully that's been slowly dripping towards my neighbor's yard. There's still kernels. There's so many kernels in the bottom of the Their top. yard can have the kernels. That's fine. It's fertilizer for the lawn. <laughs> we gotta go check the tub. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.